This episode of the Crown Refs Podcast is sponsored by RefereeStore.com. At RefereeStore.com, we know that being a referee is not just a job, it's a lifestyle. And that's why we make it easy for you to find the right referee shirts, pants, and accessories for your games. Looking to stand out? We carry referee-designed products you cannot find anywhere else. We carry gear for football, soccer, hockey, baseball, and basketball referees designed to meet all required standards. This month, RefereeStore.com is offering a 15% discount for all listeners of the Crown Refs podcast. Just enter coupon code CROWN15 at checkout, then click apply to get your 15% off your next order. So if you're buying gear for this season, I don't know what your situation is, but definitely take advantage of that Crown Refs discount. RefereeStore.com and Crown Refs serving the game. So you're a senior in college. Yeah. And and that's another thing I put in the report, the fact that, you know, you're this dedicated so early into your career. It's it's really impressive. Yeah. You know, it's a great strength. I didn't start, I didn't, you know, take the class till I was 31. I didn't really get Holy to until I was 33. So like, yeah, time is a big advantage. Time's a big factor. So Yeah, know, there's a maturity gap I'm working with, but it's okay. Yeah, I mean, after watching your game, I think there's a lot of positives that really stood out um, as far as, like, your passion, your energy, um, how interested you looked. In, like, you looked like you were just having a great time out there, showed a lot of good hustle. You looked like you could be a former athlete, you know, which kind of passes the, you know, the eye test. Do you look like you played the game? Do you look like, okay. you know, you know what you're doing out there? So I think you have a really good foundation, and – I just want to add more tech support, right? Fix a couple of little yeah. with, with your, um, you know, with your signals and your positioning and stuff like that. I will say listening to the, your content and information, there's a huge gap out here in the Northwest and listening to like how the G league and all these things work. I had to go like, look it up and so there's a huge gap and not as much men's league, city league that you can just go work every single weekend. Gotcha. And so I'm the one of only two female officials over here and our seasons are from like November to February. Mm-hmm. So the summer stuff is really high school if they put it together, okay. you know. Um, I have noticed that. That is one thing that it's like I'm just learning about all the, the, the nation uh-huh. uh, officiating. So, but we're... Yeah. Well, that's, that's the beauty of the internet. You know, we could hopefully we could close <laughs> that gap. You know, each area okay. has, you know, different population and, and things culturally relevant. But, you know, with the use of the internet, it kind of brings everybody closer together. So, you know, as far as the games you're getting, as you, as you kind of continue to grow, you're going to understand more of the landscape of possibilities too within your area and different leagues and more contacts, which will lead to more, more games. So, but I, I think um, we'll we'll look at your plays now, and um, you can ask okay. questions about about the feedback, and and we'll break it down from here. So I will uh, I will share the screen. Got your game up, and you're you're on like the you're in Idaho, but you're close to the Oregon border. Is that where it is? Yeah. So I go to Eastern Oregon University as a dual enrolled student at Oregon State. Okay. So our our territory is like. 20 schools maybe 15 but in Idaho that's where I first started and I that's where I got my networking really started is because there's D1 officials in the Boise 
Idaho area. And that's kind of how I got more picked up. Okay. Um, yeah. This area needs help, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I understand. It, it's, it's commonplace, too, uh, across the country. I know you say okay. Idaho, you need it. But, like, on a local level, local boards, local high school boards, okay. a lot of them need to be updated. And they're not as yeah. you know, as, as you move up and, and work with more college associations. You'll notice there's a big difference within the okay. industry. Um, and, and your goal is to what? My only goal this year is to just feel out NAIA and go from there. I kind of want to spend like three years there at least mm-hmm. and get a feel for it. I don't even know. I mean, we cover like three different leagues of NAIA, two community schools, and then a little bit of G3. So I don't even know the feel yet. Gotcha. So do you think you want to go on the women's side or the men's side? See, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I'm starting in women's, so I don't know. I really don't. Well, let me just tell you this. Um, I think, you know, I just had Crystal Hogan on the podcast. Yes. And, you know, she's one of, I don't know, there might be two now. I think there might be two now, but she's one of only two, you know, NCAA officials who's female doing Division One men's. So I I do think it's going to start to trend in that direction. You're going to start to see more female officials I think referee men's. And so I think there's a great opportunity for the female officials that right. cross over. So don't look at it as like something that's scary and something that could be, you know, it's okay. going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult, but you know, don't look at it as something impossible. It's something that's very, okay. you at your age, you know, you continue, if this is something that you want to do and go into the, you know, on the men's side, because once you get into college, you kind of got to pick one high school, you can do men's mm. You do men's and women's your whole career, no problem. Okay. You get into college, at least in New York, and I think for the most part, yeah, either the men's or women's side. But you being a talented young female official it might be something to consider, you know. Okay. Because when there's there's not not a lot of people in one field, it creates an opportunity. It's a big opportunity. For sure. All right, so just to start the game, and stop me at any point. If you have any questions, rattle them off. All right, so just mechanically to start the game, we, wanna, we want you on the 28-foot mark instead of on the court. So regardless if you're the U1 or, or U2, you're going to be on the sideline, 28-foot mark. Because okay. you have a tip ball right here that kind of – you could be in the way potentially. So that's one, and – it's just it's just the the right mechanic to be on the twenty eight foot stopping the clock um, and then you're gonna chop in and just with your chop I think uh, I recommend using like the so you have a a, a fist chop which is good but I just want a little bit more pop and a little bit more extension on it all right so I'll just kind of skate around here um, thirteen twenty will go okay actually let's go to ten twenty four. I did not see this purple team. This is the only time I've seen this purple team. And this game flowed really weird in the first the first half. What was weird about it? No, what, what, was, what was weird about it? Can you describe it? I feel like there was a lot of no calls that could have gone either way as, as a, a yes, but a no, a half-assed, you know, call. But it's like, why would, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Well, if you're not 100% at the time, you know, there's a lot of times throughout the game where you're, you're thinking, oh, was that a foul? Oh, should I have no called that play? But if you're not 1,000% at that moment, then you got to trust your gut. Now, mm-hmm. looking back at these plays on film, here's where you figure out if you were correct or not, if those feelings were correct or not. When you look at the film, was it justified? Yeah. Do you feel like they were good no calls? Let me ask you that. And, well... Well, that's me right there. But I'm just saying, have you been able to like think of those spots throughout the game? And this this could be when you are refereeing. Um, mm-hmm. live. Just think of timestamps live. Like if you had a play, 1754. So you're going to take that home with you when you watch the film, if you had a question about it, and then just validate it as you're watching the film. And then this is going to help you when you go ref again it's going to help help build your confidence and help. This is really why I reached out to you because I've never tried to do this before. And my mentor was like, Oh, you'll just, you'll gain, you know, you'll gain info. And I was like, well, I want to do it now. Good. So well, you came to the right place. Cause I got info. So okay. let's look at this play here. Okay. Got a jump shot, rebound. Just a couple guidelines about this play. So as the shot's going up, right when you see right that, okay, right, right when you see the rebound and, and where the ball is going, the ball's mm-hmm. going across the basket line. The basket line is the imaginary line that runs from the basket all the way to the other basket. So it cuts the court in half. So once that ball looks like it's going over the basket line, that's where we need to position adjust immediately and start walking towards the ball a little bit. Now you did a good job doing it. I just think you could, you could, you could have been a little bit more urgent, which is going to put you in a little bit better position to now referee this play on the opposite block. So if you just take one step more towards the letter I or the letter N right here. Okay. Yeah. It's just another foot or two. It's just another step or two. So really close down. Close down to the, to, to find the open look. So okay. close down all the way till you find that open look. But it's just a little proactive when you kind of you're looking for where the rebound is going as a way to kind of set yourself up for that next play. Because we always want to kind of be one play ahead. So if if our positioning, if we can set ourselves up to be one play ahead and be in that right position for the next play, then that's just gonna you know improve our accuracy. So you did that here. But just keep it in mind, again, ball goes across the basket line. That's where we're going to close down. Let's just see your presentation at the table here. Yeah, I don't know. All right. The, the, your, your hand motion to go up was a little herky-jerky. It was a little um, – it was more of like a front raise. Like you raised it – I want it to go straight up. Okay. So from your hip, your fist just goes straight up. Not like you're doing a front raise like you were working out. So it'll, it just looked a little too explosive. I want you to just slow it down and just pop it up. By the book, you're supposed to indicate how many shots at the spot. Yeah. Um, I just think it's like, it, again, you're correct by doing it. I think it's a very high school look. I think it's a very elementary look, especially when everybody in the gym knows it's two shots. Mm-hmm. So again, fist, good, stay with the players, and then walk to report. Report the foul, and then you're going to show how many shots. So I think you did this a couple times throughout the game. 
where I don't think it's necessary, but you're not going to be yeah. wrong for doing it. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go to 1320. Who did I have now? Okay, we got A1 drives, shot goes up. Looked like the secondary defender came yes. over there and, and, and hit her. So that looked like yes. a good call. Um, again, with the, with the two shots at the spot, let's try, to, let's try to eliminate that. Also, I want, you to, I want you to practice the way you report your numbers. How often do you practice reporting like a, a foul to the table? Before a game. Okay, good. Well, that's good. Not, so not like, not a lot, just before a game. Okay. Like so, in the mirror as I'm changing. Okay. So I would say try to do it in other places, um, same way, in front of a mirror. You know, it could be three minutes in the morning. It could be as, as you're getting ready for the day. It could be at work. You know, I used to do practice my signals in really weird places. I would be out with my wife shopping and just practicing <laughs> my signals in public, looking strange. But I knew what I was doing. You know, I, I, was, I was getting in my reps. So that's something that's, that's just, it's all about practice. It's all about, you know, if, to improve your signals, it's simply practice. And, you know, command of the rules. So just work on popping out, you know, popping it out. You're so Okay. While we're talking about reporting, some people, if we have like a a backcourt foul and you just step out where that organ baseline or end line is, you step out and report, do you think that's a habit to get into? I'm not quite sure I know what you mean. What, you said step uh, out? I guess that's a two-man crew. Um, where, instead where of... Where is the official reporting? Like an end line foul. Oh, line? Oh, and you're saying they just kind of step onto the court and report? Yeah, them and far. not to the table. Well, who? why wouldn't they be reporting to the table? I think I'm referring to a two-man crew just okay. to avoid a switch. Oh. But in a three-man, you wouldn't have to worry about that, right? Well, to avoid a switch, we're talking about being lazy, right? Which you might find in rec ball. So... I always want to talk in terms of we're doing a high school game or we're doing a college game. You know, okay. what, what people do in rec, in rec league games in order to reduce the amount of movement, it's not really relevant to your situation and my situation of trying to really grow and get better. But, yeah, you know. and it's the partners you work with, you know. Mm -hmm. um, oh, all right, so would you have a hit here? Let's watch one more time. All right, so good rotation here. Now, you're responsible um, for this defender, right? Now, I know you're, yes. you're watching this defender as well because you're watching that drive. You're staying engaged there, but you're responsible for both of them. Okay. All right, and you did a good job picking up this secondary de defender as she comes because you had to kind of switch your eyes from defender number one to defender number two. So always, and that looks a little quick. I think I should have let that play out a little bit. Little. Do you not like the call? Do you think you? Think I do like it, but she didn't even land, and I already called it. I don't have a problem with the timing of your, of your whistle there. I mean, it looked okay. like you called it right at the time of that hit. So 
Okay. It didn't seem rushed to me. But a good rule of thumb is you can always slow things down. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel like you were a little jumpy there and you could have just held it for an extra second, you can always slow down because you'll watch yourself on film after thinking you were really slow and you'll say, wow, I wasn't as slow as it felt at the time, which yeah, will always bring yeah. back to you can always slow things down. But this is a good call. I just want to see how you report one more time. I, first of all, I love, this is a little thing and not many other people are going to pick this up. I love the fact that you hand the ball to your partners all the time. You didn't just like- yeah, some people don't like it. Who doesn't like it? I don't know why. Some people don't like it. I well, always do that. I think it's like, it's a pain to go get it. Well, but they thank probably, you. Here's where you're probably getting slack. That you shouldn't chase after the ball and leave the players. No. Okay. But if the ball is at your disposal, it's great teamwork and it, it moves, it, it speeds the game up to where we need, need to. You're handing the ball to your partner. How many times do you watch referees? They slap the ball away. The partner's got to go get it. Yeah. Or the, you know, the ball will yeah. bounce right to them. Instead of grabbing it, they'll slap it away. It, it looks a little big time-ish, but I just think uh, it's great teamwork by you. And again, it shows your excitement. It shows your, your interest and engagement in the game, I think. Okay. Like you're happy to be here. All right, so numbers. Okay, so the hold here. Instead of just grabbing it and pulling down softly, I want you to grab the hand and pop it out or grab the fist or grab the, excuse me, forearm, pop it out. You could grab the wrist too. The grip part isn't, isn't the biggest, you know, you can kind of adjust here, but I think it's holding it for a second and popping it. Yeah, I've never heard of that before, but that, that makes sense. I mean, which one do you think looks stronger? Pro as far as the wrist or the... No, just, you know, the pull down that you had, the soft pull down or standing oh. tall and popping it. Yeah. Right? That's... And that gives you more believability with everybody that's involved in the game. It's just little things, little cosmetic mm -hmm. things here and there. But it, I would look at you if you, if you did it that way and I would say, wow, she's got real command. She was, she was really confident in that place. There was no doubt it was a hold, you know? Okay. So in that, in that four to five seconds when you're at the table, that's your, your time to build trust with everyone and to just show command and certainty. So take advantage of those opportunities. All right, sixteen thirty-five. This is a this is a good play to look at. I got a kick out of this play. Oh no. <laughs> All right, so we have a backcourt. Now you are running a long distance to come inbound the ball. Right? You have to cover big ground. Mm-hmm. I love the hustle. You ran so fast to get there. You showed like a lot of excitement, but I just, we just don't need to go that fast. <laughs> right? <laughs> Look, watch, watch how fast you go. Zoom. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's okay. That's a good thing. We could just scale that back a little bit. Okay. Okay. It's just, just slow down a little bit. And because this is kind of an indicator overall, and I, and I know one of my main points for you is to just slow down everything from your whistle cadence yeah. to the way you report to the way, you know, you, you rotate, all that kind of stuff. So this is another case of it. If our, if our body is moving really fast, how fast do you think our mind is moving? 
you know, so it's kind of an indicator of that. So again, I want to compliment you on this play. It shows great hustle. It shows pep. Just scale it back a little bit. Just a little. (laughs) All right, 21-31, I have a great no call. How do you say your last name? Glutch? Glue. It's German, like Elmer's glue. Glue. Oh, silence, C-H, huh? Yeah, C-H is silent. Damn, I pronounced your name wrong on the podcast. Oh, that's okay. I just shouted you out on my most recent podcast, by the way. I, wait, oh, yeah! Because I, I shouted out everybody that did the IPR. All right, 2131. Great no call. Even though your partner had a whistle on this play, I'm really happy that you didn't. You had the best look at that secondary defender the whole time and she maintained legal guarding position by remaining within her vertical space. Let's take a look. Okay. Okay, so just here in the center position, just make sure we're in line with the, with the free throw line. Yeah. You could be a little north of that right here. So the free throw line is our starting point. You can, go, you can adjust accordingly, whether north or south from there, but that's always going to be our, 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 our baseline, so to speak. Which player were you refereeing there? It's a little choppy. Hold on. That blonde. <laughs> the blonde girl. Uh, yeah, right. So my point is your, your trail here, the tra- I'm sorry, your center, but the trail official is refereeing this primary defender, right? So you're yes. responsible for the secondary that's coming over to help, right? You can help out here. And mm-hmm. the secondary defender is, is well within her vertical space, right? Legal. Mm-hmm. Legal play, and and I think your partner called a foul on the primary defender, which in the context okay. of the outside. And again, you have no open look there, so I'm just happy that you didn't guess on this play. Okay. And yeah, I mean the the defender that you were refereeing did not commit any illegal contact, so it was a good no call by you. All right, twenty uh, twenty two forty seven. I know it's a little choppy. Um, hopefully the Zoom technology gets a little bit better, but that's the one thing. It? It's, okay. It's, so it's, if me and you go, it's the share screen feature that's a little bit choppy on your end. On my end, it's not. However, the, right. recorded, the recorded copy of this, of this call is going to be choppy. So it's a Zoom thing. All right. So one common thing that I noticed throughout your game was a lack of points lack of directional point when the ball ball goes out of bounds. So you're stopping the clock. I'm noticing that. And then you're saying the color while pointing to the spot. So we got to add a, we got to add a strong directional point. So even if you're pointing, let's say in line and it stays in offensive Mm -hmm. possession, just point to the wall. Correct. Okay. Yeah, point to the roll because we don't know which which way which way it's going. You stop the clock, so we know it's a dead ball. And now what? Point. I mean, you know yeah. you know where we're going, but you have to let everybody else know. I think I usually say stay here. <laughs> okay, so get get rid of that too. Keep it okay. simple. Keep it simple. It's one of two colors. That's it. Okay. It's red or white. You know, it's green or black. So the sequence of signals is stop the clock, point the direction while saying the color at the same time, and then point to the spot. Okay. All right. 
So copy and paste that because there was there was multiple times where there was no point. It was right to the yeah. Side. All right. This is a simple fix. Okay, so right there. So what is one step that you forgot just there? To step away to hand the ball and then kind of get an angle. Well, let's take it. Let's take it even back back a step. Ball's gonna go out of bounds. What's the first thing we're supposed to do? Stop the All clock. Right, stop, stop. All right. Okay. Don't worry about it. Listen, this is this is this is why we're doing this in order to look at this, what happened in the past, and improve what's gonna happen in the future. Right? You're not gonna have these issues again where you're not pointing once once this conversation's over. So stop the clock. All right. So you point it right to the spot. So we're gonna replace that with stopping the clock. Point, say the color. And I love the, I'll call that the lady's hand. Cause when I do it, I call it the gentleman's hand. Actually, let's call it the service hand. The service hand <laughs> really well, but it works really well guiding players where we're going to be taking the ball out. So you can do a hard point to the spot or you can do a service hand. I like to do both. I mix and match, but always that open hand. It just looks, looks like you're a service professional. You know, it's a clean look. Um, 2252. Right, let's look at your wave off signal to end the half. All right, so last possession of the first half. I just wanted to take a look again at your wave off. It's always a good signature signal signal to kind of wipe off the half. Oh. Oh, I liked your I liked uh, the over the head wave off. I think you did a did a nice okay. job. So that was a good one. It's always center's job for clock because you're facing like in this gym we had a play clock. Um Shot clock. We had a we had a clock that the center can see. Because okay. some gyms around here they don't have them, so it, it's whoever is like facing them. So it is always the center's responsibility. Uh, oh yeah. So the center the center's always gonna have last shot in women's. Okay. You're a men's official. Yeah. Oh, I thought you did both. I stopped doing women's high school a few years back in order okay. to just be more available for the, on the men's side, you know, but um, I mean, I do have experience on, on the women's game, but I don't, one okay. thing about rules is uh, if I'm not a thousand percent, I'm not even going to talk about it because I don't want to confuse anyone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's see where we're at now. Second half, 29.50. So just rebound goes up. Once you notice that now you have a play on that opposite block, close down, take one more step to see if you can find a little bit better of an open angle. So shot goes up, rebound. So right there, as she's getting it, you're going to mm -hmm. show a little bit more, little bit more urgency here, close down, step right here, because that point of contact is going to be, you know, right around here. So you're a little wide. And also the contact occurs on the outer half. So that's even another reason why you're gonna gonna have to go towards that direction a little bit. Um, as far as a block signal, that's um, that's contact that impedes the progress uh, of an offensive player, and I think that occurs most of the time on the ground. Okay. So we need to report a block here. Look like more of a hit. Okay. So if there's arm contact, it's usually either a hit or a hold. Um, so we don't need to show the block signal here on the spot. 
especially because I don't think it is a block. So stop the clock. Um, you know, just wait a second. Wait for your partners to come switch. Wait for the players to go to line, start to line up and then go report. Let's take a look at how you uh, present it at the table here. Again, giving the ball to your partner, great teammate. Presentation looks pretty good with the numbers there. I like your box signal. That was really well done. Okay. Yeah, optically there, your presentation at the table looked really strong. Numbers look smoother than last time, and I and that block signal you have, keep it. It looks good. Okay. You got anything for me on that play? Um. As far as reporting numbers, I I think I kind of like 22 and then I push out. Is okay. that I want you to I want you to explode your hands out. I don't want you to like put them up and then push them out cuz that's a little more mechanical. Okay. That's a little mechanical. I want it to be more fluid. I want it to be more fluid. Um so it's like your hands just your fingers ex explode out of your hands. Okay. And, you put, and you push them forward. Okay. Think of it as a little box, a reporting box. You're going to push through the box and hold. Okay. And again, once the more and more you practice, the more and more you practice. And, and also watch. Are, who are you? Are, are you watching uh, any NBA games, WNBA games? Like, which, in, which officials are inspiring you? Where do you get your inspiration? My mentor, he's a D1 official. He does... UC Davis League. I don't know what league that is, but UC Davis is in there. Um, and a couple, uh, Darren Skresnik. Okay, I'm not sure. He does the Pac-12. Um, but they're all from Idaho. Um, as far as, like, pro and more prominent D1 games, I don't really pay attention. So just uh, if I were you, I would, I would consider this. If I were you, I would be watching film of G League and w, WNBA and NBA female officials because they're great. And you're going okay. to learn a lot from them, the way they present their mechanics, how sharp they look because they do it right. And I actually, yeah. think, I actually think a lot of high-level women's refs have much, not much better, but have better signals than men. I think just there's okay. a natural grace to the way women um, report. And I think they're, they're more fluid and it's a little bit more elegant. And I've always, I've always been inspired by really good female officials that have sharp signals. So G League, WNBA, and NBA female refs, they're great people. Okay. 33-34. Thirty-three, thirty-four. What do we have here? I don't really like my position there. Okay. Uh, oh wait, no, I'm trail. No, I'm trail. Never well, mind. You're center. You're center there. So we got to be a little bit closer to the free throw line because uh, I don't think you picked up the rotation. You probably just missed the lead oh. over, which yeah. is what happens. Happens to all of us, um, where we forget that we are no longer the trail. We're the new center. So that's yep. just trying to stay connected with your two partners at all time. And almost like you have GPS tracking on them to where <laughs> they move, it triggers something in your mind that alerts you to know that they're moving. It's just muscle okay. memory. It's repetition. It's self-talk. All right. So he's, he's gone. 
So then you're gonna slide down to the. Yeah, and I'm just walking. Okay. Did you think that was a travel? What do you have? I don't. Let's watch how she catches. Ooh, before she put the ball down, maybe. Caught it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, in a transition play like that, that's going to be the center's call. But really, you know, they don't want the lead calling too many travels in a three-person. So you're in a really good, really good position there. So as yeah. the ball, as she's receiving the ball, your eyes just got to look at her feet because there was really no defenders in that moment. So just mm -hmm. rep – just ref the catch and ref the gather right here. Did she, cause she has to spin, she's catching it, you know, with her body turned. So she's got to make an athletic play in order to legally not travel. So that's just got to raise your awareness that, okay, I'm watching the feet. I'm watching to see if she, you know, pulls this off legally. Listen, travel is one of the most commonly missed calls, I think, especially me personally. All right, 3408, I wrote you had a really good series of no calls here. Um, it's important that we don't bite on incidental contact. Yeah, no. that's, I guess that's what I was having problems with this game. They were there, they were, it's that, the mess. Yeah. So it was just. Yeah, because it's ugly and it's messy and someone went down. So that, you know, that makes us think we need to have a whistle or we missed something. I mean, there's little or no contact here really no reason why three should fall back like that from the contact that was delivered. Mm -hmm. That was a no call. Yeah. A couple little loud plays here and there, but you know, just because the, the players are, are acting sloppy does not mean the officials are going to get sloppy. Yeah. Okay. So you got last shot here. No. Maybe now you no, do. I don't. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's where we got to pick up this rotation here. So it's important on the last shot play that you communicate with um, with your partners that you have the last shot. I like to touch my chest. You kind of you look at them and you just do a soft touch to the chest. Kind of indicates that you got it. Or if you want to do a point, however you want to determine it, you know, in the pregame. But um, it's always a good way of indicating whose responsibility it is, who has this last play, who is going to wave off the shot or score the basket. Okay. 3705. Okay, a little bit quick with your signals. There was three quick signals. Foul, block, two. Okay. Um, so one guideline here was calling through the paint in the lead position. Sometimes we can't avoid it. Sometimes we see the contact no problem. But a good rule of thumb is that when the lead calls across the paint, um, that our accuracy drops because mechanically okay. we're a little bit weaker there. We lose, we lose our angles. So that's just something to keep in mind, you know, moving forward, especially on contact that is high up. Contact that is high up, um, you know, so in this, in this situation, if she goes up with the left hand, you know, above the basket line or, you know, near the backboard, 
you could have to look through that backboard in order to ref the play. Um, so that could impair your, your vision, but the center is, is going to ref contact high. Um, but that being said, sometimes we see illegal contact, no problem calling through the paint. So who did, what did you have a hit here? Or did, again, again, you used I, the block signal and the play happened yes. in the air. So take me through what you saw. I think I, I had this girl that has her hands on her head. The block number two, she's on the far block. Now she goes. To... She hit her? Yeah, so I had the secondary. Okay. But it's back to back, you know, like, you know, blind. What do you mean back, back to back? Like blind, you know, not an okay. A look. So you're a little stacked? Stacked, yeah, there we go. So what foul type was it? Was it a hit to the arm? I had a block. Oh, you just had? I thought she was on the ground. So, oh, that was in the air. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to nitpick about what type of foul right. it is. Because, you know, a lot of times this is just ref talk and it doesn't wound up mattering unless a coach is going to call you out on it and say that wasn't a push, that was a hit. So this is kind of just for us. Um, but yeah. You could slow everything down there. Just stop the clock and watch. Stop the clock and just watch the players. As, as they move or as they get up and, and go back to their free throw line or, or line up wherever they're supposed to be, then you go to the table. But, again, you're just a little bit, little bit quick, so we just want to slow you down a bit. And this is something that every single official goes through, moving too fast on the court, doing mm -hmm. signals too fast, reporting too fast, going to the table and leaving too fast. Speaking to the coach uh -huh. too fast, you know, <laughs> running to administer an inbounds too fast. So yeah. once, once you slow things down, you see the game longer. And anytime, <laughs> anytime you could see thing, see something longer enough, you're able to gather more information on it, which is just going to put you in a better position to make decisions. Thank you for listening to the crown refs podcast. Serve the game.